afternoon. My name is Ray Montgomery, and I would like to welcome everyone to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today's show, we have Mr. Sergeant Jeff Mittman. How you doing, Mr. Mittman? I'm doing well, thank you. All right. Well, Sergeant Mittman, I wanted to bring you on the show today because May is uh, Armed Forces Day. And um, I know you have that military background, and I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about uh, the military. Talk to you about Bosma Enterprises and your involvement with uh, Bosma, and um, just about blindness in general. So, uh, how long um, were you involved with the uh, military, sir? Well, I was in the military for about almost 22 years, just shy of 22 years when I retired due to my injuries. Mm-hmm. 22 years. So, when did you? Uh, where you go right after high school? I did a year of college, uh, and then joined the military, and then I finished uh, college while I was in the military, and then uh, graduate school afterwards oh, cool. uh, after I retired. What was uh, excuse me, what made you want to get into the military? Uh, well, you know, originally I was looking for uh, an opportunity to to excel in some field, mm-hmm. and uh, I was kind of drawn to the military, the service to the nation. And uh, the opportunities to travel and other things. And once I got in, my original plan was to do four years, get out, go back to college. Mm-hmm. Once I got in, uh, kind of become part of me and became uh, my passion. So I ended up staying for 22 years. What what branch were you involved with? I was uh, in uh, I was in the army. Army, all right. Yeah. That's cool, cool. Well, uh, so how did uh, being in the military impact your life? Well, it taught me, uh, it brought me into contact with people from all over the country, obviously, and different, different people from different places. And you really get to learn uh, to work as a team. You really get to learn to, to serve others, something greater than yourself is really what I learned there. Yeah. Hopefully been able to pass along those lessons to my children. But it was such a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to serve, and it's what uh, you kind of take that with you as you retire and you leave the surface. Uh, that's what you miss. You want to continue doing that. So yes. Continue to serve. So while um, you were in the military, um, you had talked about your injury. Um, uh-huh. Could you kind of elaborate on um, your injury and how did you uh, became blind? Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, in. I uh, did poor combat tours on my last combat tours in 2005. I was in Iraq okay. and uh, I was an advisor to uh, to an Iraqi battalion basically and, and came under attack one day when I was going to link up with my Iraqi brothers and uh, had a roadside bomb hit me from the uh, side uh, and knocked me unconscious and I woke up a week or pardon me a month later at Walter wow. Reed and uh, I'd lost the majority of my vision my left mm-hmm. eye was completely destroyed mm-hmm. and my right eye I lost all central vision of my right eye so now I only see peripherally out of the out of the right so um after you found out that you were uh, going to be visually impaired, what what were your steps? What were your thoughts at that time? Well, to tell you the truth, I was completely lost. When I woke up, it took me quite a while to, to comprehend, number one, yeah. what had happened, just coming out of that fog of a yes. month-long uh, medically-induced coma, I guess, and uh, my wife talking to me and bringing me out of that. And and the first, the first person, you know, quite honestly, the first person I'd ever come into contact with who had uh, severe uh, vision impairment was myself. Yeah. So I didn't quite know where to go, but I'll tell you one of the first one of the first organizations in the community to reach out to me was actually somebody from Bosma. It was Bosma itself uh, reached out to me through email and said, hey, when, uh, when you're ready, we're here. 
and I always kept that in mind as I've gone through my recovery. It's been 13 years now almost, and uh, I've been able to uh, work with closely with uh, with Bosman and now, you know, I serve on the board here, so I'm very, very, very grateful for that contact here at Bosman. That's had to be a um, traumatic just experience, not just being blind, but just being involved with the, you know, that roadside bomb that struck you. Well, it was. Uh, I don't. You know, I've always said my uh, my injuries a lot easier on me than they were others because to me everybody's the same. But I had to. Uh, they had to adjust to me and adjust my way of doing things and and uh, support me as I've gone through my recovery. But. I couldn't ask for any more. I'm happy. I'm uh, blessed. I'm the luckiest man walking. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a lot. So um, what did you learn, like, after um, – I know you had went through a lot with just being hit with that roadside bomb, but just being blind, what did you have to learn over again? Well, you know, when I originally uh, woke up, I had to learn how to uh, uh, walk. I had to go through a lot of uh, uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and uh, – uh, learn how to talk again and, and do some other things. A lot of uh, work with uh, speech pathologists yeah. to, to work through some of my memory issues and everything. And it took me about a year before I was able to uh, attend blind rehab up at Heinz VA, the Heinz VA in Chicago, yeah. uh, and, and go in there. And that's where I started to run into a lot of other, obviously, uh, visually impaired individuals. And, and working with with them in the VA system to learn how to to number one, you always have to gain that mobility and that ability to to move around independently, right. and then to uh, eventually uh, start working uh, with computers and and everything else. You know, uh, learning learning how to use computer and the special adaptive software that goes with it is really the great equalizer. You know, technology uh, is the great equalizer in, uh, in yes, life. You said it. I know. Um, so far, for people who don't know or may just not be tuning into the podcast, how do you use a computer? I use uh, I use Zoom text. Okay. And I also use Dragon Naturally Speaking because okay. I have some other injuries that okay. uh, so I use them in uh, uh, in combination. Okay. Yeah, and the Zoom text, what that really does is just enlarge the text on the screen. And enlarges the text on the screen, and also longer passages. I have some, uh, sometimes I get some eye strain. I'll, I'll actually have it read to me as well. Now, dragging, is, elaborate a little bit on dragging. I know because I'm somewhat familiar. That's when you just really speak. I can speak to the computer and actually control it. Okay. Now. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's cool because some people may not have those, uh, you know, being able to type or something like that, so they're able to actually use that computer. Right, and yeah, my other injuries actually prevent me from typing out an arm and hand injury as well. Okay. So it prevents me. I, had, I actually taught myself to type one-handed, but it's quite slow. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot faster. You know, I can speak at 180 yes. words a minute yes. or whatever. So. And that's, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that technology because that's like with the iPhone or other uh, smartphones, you're Absolutely. able to dictate what you want to say out loud. So. Absolutely. It, uh, like I said, it makes everything uh, equal. So once you uh, finished your uh, rehab at uh, at Heinz, what, what were your next steps? What were you looking? Oh, well, my to next do? steps then were is I was still going through recovery. I spent five and a half years in the army recovering after I was injured before mm-hmm. I even retired. Okay. So as I was doing that, I was simultaneously going to school. I you know I'd finished my bachelor's degree, but I went on to graduate school uh, and finished one master's prior to retiring. And then I got an MBA after I retired. Wow. So I used uh, used the uh, obviously the VA benefits coming to me to uh, 
to complete that because I also realized that the more education I had in combination with the uh, the blind rehabilitation training, uh, the more marketable I'd be. So that's what I attempted to do was to uh, get all of that completed and, and to move forward in those areas so that I could move out and actually uh, uh, find employment when I retired because I didn't want to sit at home, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you were a busy man. <laughs> you were MBA, yeah. rehab, that's that's a lot, a lot to uh, work on and focus on at the same time, but that's great. That's great. What was your MBA in? Uh, operations management. Okay. I did it here at uh, Ball State in Indiana. Oh, okay. Cool, yeah. cool. Good deal. So, I know I'm you do a lot of motivational speaking on the side. Yeah. I mean, how did you get involved with um, speaking? Well, it was it's funny. I uh, it was another visually impaired individual who uh, uh, I'd come into contact with after when I was at Walter Reed. I'd come into contact with Blind and Veterans Association, and then I came into contact with National Industries for the Blind through through the BVA. And uh, there was a gentleman there that used to be uh, the CEO who I came into contact with at one of their conferences. And then uh, when I was in Walter Reed for all those years recovering, we'd occasionally have dinner and everything. And he asked me one night, they had another conference coming up, and he asked me, he said, uh, have you ever done any public speaking? And I said, sure. And he goes, well, I'd like you to uh, come out and speak to our, to, at our conference. I said, not an issue. Of course, I'd never done any public speaking prior to that. I just uh, <laughs> and uh, so I practiced that and doing it and did it and went out and you know as you do one and uh, yes. you get more comfortable at it. Other people ask you to come out and I've probably at this point I don't know I've done probably two hundred over the years. Uh, we've got several coming up, but just uh, all across the nation from Seattle, New York, over to London and wow. and all that. So it's, it's been a real benefit to me. I, you know, I've had the ability to speak to thousands and thousands of people across the country and, and try to set an example for for what uh, veterans can do, disabled veterans and the visually impaired can actually bring to an organization and uh, hopefully try to change some of the perceptions of, of working with, with the visually impaired of blind. Okay. Yeah, well, I think the first time I actually met you, I already heard you speak with that at a Bosma event uh, oh, okay. years ago. Actually, it was like, there was a holiday party or something. Oh, it was like probably that. a Christmas party. Christmas probably, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. probably, uh, that was probably a good yeah, six, yeah. seven years ago. It I was, remember. actually. Yeah. I was <laughs> new to Bosma at the time, but it was a very, <laughs> very great speech. Oh, well, thank you. Learned, learned a lot from that speech right there. So, uh, what do you try to instill in those people? You just really try to let them know that there's life after blindness, or there's there's life like after that. blindness. But you know, there's uh, there's always the perception, and it's through, you know, for several reasons. One is most people probably lack any contact with, yes. with somebody who's lost vision, yes. and uh, obviously the movies and the media and all play a role. But people just don't know what they don't know, so yeah. they have trouble imagining how they would would uh, survive without eyesight. So they don't quite understand how somebody else can. Right. So if you can convey that, that uh, there is life after blindness, that you can be productive, that you can still be a, uh, an important member of a team somewhere, a contributing member of the team somewhere, that's what, that's what I always try to convey as I, as I speak to these different crowds. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully that comes across. Uh, and also, also try to convey the fact that uh, uh, you may lose your vision, but you can still be happy. Exactly. You can still be, as I said, productive. You can still be uh, uh, 
a giving individual. And I think that's an important message to get across. There's yeah. no bitterness in me. Right. So uh, I want to make sure people understand that. Absolutely. Don't want to feel sorry for me. Right. That's for sure. Exactly. And I don't think nobody, no one wants them to feel sorry. Just like you say, it's always when you go out in the public, it's always a, a time to educate. Well, it's always time to educate. It's time to set an example, too. Yes. So you never know if, uh, as you're out and about, as I'm traveling through an airport or you're, you're taking a taxi or you're on the city bus or whatever, uh, people are watching and learning. So it's always an opportunity to teach and always an opportunity to set an example. You know, the next time they run into somebody who's visually impaired, they may know a little bit more. They yeah. treat them a little differently. So exactly. you always have to keep that in mind. Exactly. And that's probably one thing I was taught when I first lost my sight. Yeah, you you never know. You might be the first person they meet, so that Absolutely. interaction can uh, get them a, either a good good feeling or a bad feeling. Once they, <laughs> that's right. they leave with you, that's you know? right. so, but yeah, that's good. So, how did you get involved with Boston Enterprises? Well, as I said, after I was hurt, one of the first organizations, actually, probably the very first organization, to reach out to me was Bosma. And uh, as I went through my recovery and I and I eventually retired to work, went to work for National Industries for the Blind. Yeah. So I worked for them and obviously worked with Bosma quite a bit uh, through my role there. And then when I left there and I went to a different job, uh, I was actually asked to join the board here. Okay. And I jumped at the opportunity because I said, uh, as I said before, uh, it's such a wonderful organization that, that provides opportunity for employment for individuals who are visually impaired. And, and I don't think there's any greater gift you can give somebody than an opportunity to uh, to be out there and be productive that quite frankly they otherwise might not have some yeah. places. So if you open those opportunities out and the more we employ the better we are and the better we are as a community okay. and I, uh, I was especially uh, proud to, to be associated with Bosma. Cool. Uh, I know we talked a lot about you know military and Bosma but what, what, do you, what do you like to do when you're not you know speaking or um, you know, working. What do you like to do with your spare time? I don't know. I'm always speaking and working. <laughs> uh, my spare time, you know, I'm a sports fan. I'm a big Pacer fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, big Colts fan. I uh, read constantly quite a bit. Uh, I'm a big history buff. I love history. Yeah. Uh, and current events and, and things like that. So I'm, uh, I don't sit still. I probably never sit more than about 15 minutes at a time my entire life. I'm always up doing something. I still run. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still up running and uh, putting on the miles and, yeah. and everything else. So trying to stay physically fit as long as, uh, as well as uh, mentally fit. So yes. try to continue on and just stay busy. So what advice would you give someone who maybe uh, just, you know, realize they just lost their sight or maybe losing their vision what advice would you give that individual well you have to address the issue uh you have to to take it head on address the issue and and uh, find out what resources are available call somebody to help there are people out there willing to help you know it's one of the hardest problems especially in our veterans communities people asking for help yeah but uh you get a hold of resources available and you take advantage of them uh, do not be afraid. You'll get through it. And if you learn uh, the tools available, if you learn what you can do to compensate for that loss of vision, you can leave a happy, lead a happy and productive life. But you have to take that step to do it. Yeah. Nobody else can do it for you. So you have to, again, take that problem head on and, and attack. Yes, sir. 
Great advice, great advice. So where are you speaking at next? So people could how do how do people find you or how do they book you for a speaking engagement? Uh just call me. Call you. <laughs> <laughs> Send me an email. Uh actually I'm speaking out in uh, Hancock County and have a veterans uh memorial dedication here coming up in May and then I'm doing a speech out in Denver in June and then uh, another one back here in June the following week here in Indianapolis so uh, I'm always around somewhere oh yeah you stay busy now you yes, stay sir. busy that's good that's good I appreciate your service Mr. Sergeant Jeff Mittman and uh, it was great having you come on and share your knowledge today about just uh, overcoming, I would say, those adversities that you overcame. Thank yes. you. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Sergeant Mittman right here on the Navigating Blindness podcast. And if you would like to book Sergeant Jeffrey Mittman for a speaking engagement, please send him an email at jeffreymittman at yahoo.com. That's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-M-I-T-T-M-A-N at yahoo.com. And if you know anyone suffering from vision loss, please visit www.bosma.org. That's B-O-S-M-A dot O-R-G. Thank you for listening and subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and we'll see you guys next week.